That was the Nadas and other side of the 45 taken from their latest album, Come Along for the Ride. You are tuned into the Whiskey and Cigarettes show in the company of your Cabacus Never, Romeo the Rodeo, and the Italian Dijonek. And my people, it's truly an honor and a pleasure to welcome the show, Jason and Mike from the Nadas. Hey guys, how are you today? Hey, hello, Nick, how's hello. it going? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you, guys. And I'm really, really happy to have you both on today. It's definitely a, a pleasure to be talking to, to two of uh, two members of this awesome band. So speaking of the awesome band, we just heard some awesome music from your latest album, Other Side of the 45. Now, when it comes to the origins of this song, how did it come about? Are there any stories or anecdotes behind this song? Sure. Yeah. So Mike and I write together. And uh, for this record and actually our previous record, um, well, a, a few records ago, uh, one louder it was called. Uh, we wrote with our friend Alex Deason, who was in a band called who is in a band called the Damn Wells. Um, they took a little hiatus for a while, but now they're just uh, making some new music themselves. So he's our producer, and he came in and wrote with us. And we uh, we sat down and we we wrote this song with the idea of kind of two things about being musicians that are on the other side of age forty five. So kind of middle aged musicians, which is um a little bit unique at our level of music um and you know being independents and such and then the other thing is we both have uh children who are uh writing recording and playing out playing music and so it's a little bit of a a um it's like unsolicited advice a little bit to our kids because unsolicited advice to uh young adult children tends to absorb better than than uh then solicited advice, I guess. I don't know. Or then when we just give advice, if we hide it in a song, it can be a little bit more effective. So that's a little bit about just sort of like us looking back with some nostalgia, thinking about what it was like to be young musicians and what it's like now to be older musicians. Jason, that's that pretty generous of you to call us um, middle-aged musicians. I think we're aged in, in, this, in this realm. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. We are middle-aged <laughs> men who are musicians. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I guess the, the the term could be seasoned, if you like. I think that's that's sure. that's a nice term for all of us. I think because uh, yeah. like, I'm I like creeping it. to I'm creeping towards that that age myself. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not old. I'm seasoned. So there you go. But uh, there you go. My uh, hair that, is seasoned with salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes two of us, Mike. And, uh, speaking actually of the album, guys, when it comes to, to this, this latest release, tell us a little bit about it and uh, how it might possibly differ compared to previous offerings of yours. 
I mean, I would say it's, you know, it's, it's in line with our sound. We didn't make any um, giant uh, thematic leaps or, you know, we didn't, we didn't start playing everything metal. Um, but it, we just tried to go for a well written album. And um, I think, I think we did that, you know, if I can say that about our own work. Uh, and then we, we came after those songs from the production side and kind of did some, some cool things that maybe we hadn't done before. And sort of, it's a little more sparse when we're talking about like the number of guitar tracks and things. We didn't double up a whole bunch of stuff. There, there's not multiple vocals coming. It's kind of like how you would hear the band live. Well, and it's definitely, and I personally, I'm loving this this album very much as are our listeners for sure. And speaking actually of, you know, evolution and such, guys, how would you say that your musical style has evolved over the years and what or who ha- might have influenced these changes? I'll take that first. I think when we started, we were, this was in the early 90s and we were kind of an acoustic focused band. We were uh, an acoustic duo, maybe even a little bit of a, uh, on the folkier side and we were playing a lot of coffee shops and listening rooms and then uh, we over the years added electric guitars and started playing more rock shows in college bars and college venues and we were just kind of a, a rock band and then as we got older we kind of went back to our roots a little bit and brought in some some more of that acoustic again and now we just kind of are a, a healthy combination of the two i would say one thing that's really unique for this record is mike has taken up a pedal steel guitar which we might have we might have had a touch of that on previous records when we brought in guest performers or um or sidemen have done it but mike has really uh, embraced the pedal steel and we've, there's a lot of that on this record and that's him playing it he has a a mentor who is a correct me if i'm wrong mike and like an almost 90 year old guy that he's he meets with weekly who shows him the ropes and gives him some tips and tricks and and uh shows him how to play pedal steel so that's kind of new for us yeah that that whole thing is amazing and um as a guitar player the pedal steel the only thing that it has in common with the guitar is that it has strings (laughs) <laughs> the tuning's different you know and you're you're working knee levers and foot levers so that's c- kind of more like a drummer it took a long time to even click enough for me to be able to play anything but um people warned me this would happen it the bug has bitten me and i play every day and like when we're out on tour i don't bring one with and i come home and yes sure i'll probably kiss my wife and kids but then i'm heading down to play a little bit of that steel more power to you mike i mean you know i i've become an accomplished bell ringer so i guess that's that's the only thing i know how to do these days i used to be decent a decent drummer but now these days just ringing the bell so i guess that's what it is but uh, that said uh you know and looking you know throughout the course of your career thus far and such can you describe a particularly memorable or unexpected interaction that you might have had with a fan or an audience member that left a lo- lasting impact on you guys as musicians? That is a well, great question. Yeah, that's a tough one. Do you have anything that comes to mind right away, Mike? Well, I mean, you asked about a specific example. I can I can give general examples for sure. There's a lot of people and i mean a lot you know not not every show but um let's just say every other show someone will come up 
and say, hey, uh, really happy to be here. You know, I, I moved away and uh, I haven't seen you guys in a while, but um, I met my husband at a Nada show and we've just stayed in touch with your music. Or someone will say, uh, the first concert that I took my kids to was a Nada show. And just things like that, that are just, if you really stop to think about it, are just kind of mind blowing to be a uh, part of someone's life. Cause I'm sure we can all sit here and say, we all know what the first concert that we went to was. Right. And so for that to be us for some people is just so humbling. Yeah, that's a good answer. And it, it's really amazing how it's gone through the generations because, you know, we are now a 30 year old band and, our sort of biggest growing demographic is empty nesters who are maybe just a few years older than us that are now uh, their kids are off and they have more time on their hands and they're trying to remember what they did for fun when they didn't have to chase their kids around so much. And so there's more and more people of that age that are coming to our shows, but at the same time, that means their kids are adults and now their kids are having kids. So they're, they're bringing their grandkids to our shows and we have this wide demographic of people. So I don't think that was exactly your initial question but that's what it led me to think about last night there was someone at my uh, at my solo show who brought their granddaughter and they told me the story of coming to our uh, dvd recording um at our at a kind of our home bar people's bar and grill when we got, first got started uh that was 20 years ago and uh how that was they they were just dating and now they're married and now this is their grandchild so that's a good example of that mike I love that. that. Those are those are awesome, awesome, awesome things indeed. And you mentioned that this can, this is uh, the band's been going up for thirty years. When it comes, you know, to celebrating uh, such a big milestone, do you guys have anything prepared, or ha have you already done something for that, or is, is that still in the works? Well, th this well, record is sort of a. So go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say that we specifically have um, booked a show in our in Des Moines where we live now and we've called home for a long time uh, at a, a theater that is um, just a beautiful classic theater. And it's kind of a, too large of a room for us to play all the time, but something like this will, will get to play there and people will come out and um, it'll be a great night. This We're yeah, calling theaters. it our birthday party anniversary show. Yeah. And it's from the theaters, like from the 1890s. It's like a really classic American. I know that's not old by Italian style standards, but for America, that's a pretty <laughs> old theater. And uh, it's got balconies and really ornate decorations and all these classic paintings and things in it and sculptures and statues. And you're invited, Nick. You should just uh, book a flight. Come on over for our birthday party. I would absolutely love to. And thank you so much for the invitation and congrats on reaching this huge milestone. Heck, I love that kind of setting myself being a regular theater going person in general. So I would absolutely love that. The Nadas in, in a theater setting, I'm all, I'm all for it. And in Iowa, yeah. October yeah, in Iowa. We'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> two day, seeing two days before my birthday. So there you go. Hey, so it, 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 it'd, be, it'd be, be crazy fun for sure. And, you know, looking back, of course, you know, on this lengthy career that you guys have had, can you recall a particularly challenging moment in your career when you faced adversity or even self-doubt? And if so, how did you overcome it to continue pursuing your passion for music? I need to, uh, I you need know, to compliment you on your questions. Holy cow, that's an amazing question <laughs> that no one's ever asked before. Amazing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Thank you. I mean, I think there's there have been a lot and to do it, you know, we've kind of always been this independent band that's had to kind of figure things out for ourselves and 
create our own version of what the music business is. You know, we're in the Midwest. We're not in Los Angeles or Nashville or New York, you know, so we would just go play those places. But we kind of created our own, um, I don't know, our own business model in the Midwest. And so over the years, as the music business has evolved, I mean, I think we were talking about the other day, Mike and I, like when we made our first CD in 1994, we started in 93. So in like 94-ish, we made our first CD. And at that time, there was not like a, it seems, it's hard to even fathom now, but there wasn't like, there wasn't a path to even find a recording studio as an independent musician. There was maybe commercial studios and things, but, and then to, to find someone to replicate the CDs or to print the art, there wasn't just the kind of like plug and play thing that you do nowadays, but it's just the whole industry has evolved, not just once, but like a dozen times over these years in huge ways, you know, from, from independence being able to record music to making CDs to then going to like, you know, the early Napster when it was just file sharing to then going when nobody even holds on to a file anymore. It's just out there and for free in the world, you know? And so to navigate that and over and figure out a way to kind of keep our head above water all those years has been, uh, I consider a pretty major accomplishment. And I would say um, there, there are challenges, but throughout our career, we kind of have these three high level criteria that when there's an opportunity or an idea, we kind of say, is this something that we can make a little money at? Is this something that will help our career? But most importantly, something that's going to be fun. And even though it's like maybe any job where every once in a while, it's kind of a drag or a grind in general, it's still just super fun to get out there and play. I think okay. that's the most. I think that's the most important aspect of anything. At the end of the day, because life being as short as it is, one definitely has to find the fun element constantly for it to, to be worthwhile for sure. So, of course, from the the monetary aspects and what have you. And you guys spoke talked about you know this great show you're preparing for for the your thirtieth anniversary. And I know, and I've spoken to a few musicians who often tell me they have a unique pre-show ritual or routine. And what's something you guys do before going on stage that helps you get into the right mindset for a performance? Well, we generally have a pretty good sound check, which gets easier and easier these days because we're kind of set in our um, in our process, and we've got a good team, and we've got a good we've got good gear and and good monitoring system. So the sound check becomes kind of easier, and then. Um, you know, depending on the day, depending on the travel schedule, depending on the hospitality, we'll go have dinner together somewhere. Um, we've got a pretty nice backstage rider that in this in this case for this show, this is a self-promoted show. So when we go play these other shows, we have a hospitality rider that we send out that's, that's uh, you know, pretty simple, pretty... Uh, achievable for most promoters but also has a couple fun things on there but in this case we're going to supply that for ourselves and then we've we've we're, we've created this like vip ticket for people to come to to sound check and come backstage and we're serving our rider to the entire vip you know crowd so that's and I've, I've strayed from your question but as far as ritual it's just it's just kind of fun and fellowship that we go together we've always had this long-standing thing that if we have extra time on the road um, we kind of uh, take turns having uh, each person's day of fun, 
And so like if we have extra time, especially if we have a day off, then um, each of us gets a chance to have a day of fun. And, and Mike's day of fun is usually like, I don't even remember Mike bowling or uh, uh, art museums Just, or <laughs> something that we're all together and it doesn't really matter what it is, but we're out there and we're doing something. I think my last day of fun, I, I think we were in Reno on the day off and I wanted to take us to uh, Lake Tahoe and we were in a bus and a trailer, this huge thing. And um, we went in and around Tahoe and ended up, couldn't find a place to park that big of a vehicle, turned around, went back to Reno. It was still a pretty fun day. <laughs> well, yeah, luckily well, hey, we like hanging out with each other. Oh, that's definitely a very important thing because uh, I guess you know be being a band is very much like being in a marriage because you're almost kind of married to the other four or five members of the group. So kind of everybody has to kind of be serene and happy. So uh, so for sure, I agree that as long as you guys in uh, enjoy each other's company, that's definitely always a plus. And of course, you know, continue with the whole li live stuff. Obviously, musicians get to perform in various settings, you know, from like intimate clubs to big arenas. And when it comes to you guys, how would you say the size and atmosphere of a venue affects your performance or even connection with your audience? I think we're we're both pretty good and the band's pretty good at connecting whatever the size. And weirdly, at this stage in our career, uh, wherever we are in the country, we we tend to know a lot of the people they've been with us a long time, you know, like we were talking about earlier. And so, um, so in a way we're kind of, those are easy connections, but so the, the, then the fun ones become, can we make new connections, you know? Um, but I think we're pretty good, whether it's very small, we just, Mike and I just did two very small shows in Los Angeles and in Phoenix um, to very big. We did a, we did a show at, uh, you know, an annual show at the Iowa state fair that there were, I don't know, several thousand people at, um, and you still look out into the crowd and you see so many familiar faces and, and people, uh, people that have been with us for a while. And so it's, it's fun to introduce them to new music. And that's the other thing is we keep, we keep creating new things that people are connecting with. And so, um, that's how, that's how you kind of keep the old, the old fans, the old faces that have been with us a long time, you keep them, uh, on the edge of their seat a little bit too. So, I I uh, learned a lesson actually when we were still in college and playing. Um, there's this really great music club called People's Bar and Grill. It's about 250 capacity. Um, had a lot of bands come through that were kind of up and coming, and uh, you know turned into something really great and and big time. Um, but there was this band from Minneapolis came and played they did really well at this club right people came out and um they were playing for the university we went to iowa state university on campus and i went to that show because I, I wanted to see them an extra time or whatever and there was maybe 10 people there like it it tanked pretty badly um but i was grateful for the lesson that i learned they were up there on stage and they were playing like they're at a stadium in front of 50,000 people. And so, you know, that's, I give that advice to, to people, to young artists and say, it's, it's easy when you can draw energy from a packed house that's giving it back to you. 
but you need to give the same performance or try even harder possibly when there are fewer people that aren't giving that energy back. I think that's very sound advice indeed, Mike. And, uh, I, and I have come across musicians who feel the same way. It's like, even if you're playing in a packed place or even like a, a diner or something and only two people paying attention to you, you have to play your heart out for those two people. So, and then I think that's, that's very much a thing indeed. And speaking about, you know, being musicians, in your opinions, what is the most underrated aspect of being a musician that folks like even myself or fans might not fully appreciate or understand? Underrated aspect. Wow. I mean, I think at least over here, being a musician is pretty romanticized and uh, with good reason, because it's awesome. under underrated aspect i mean i think that there is a lot uh you know no matter how big the tour is and how many roadies or tech help you have there's just a lot of work and time you know like a lot of people when you're playing um smaller places are like well you guys only are playing for two hours you know how, how much is that per hour how much do you make per hour what's your hourly wage but i mean we put we put uh hours in every day and you know there's the there's the preparation for the songwriting there's the songwriting there's the pre-production then there's the recording then there's all of the effort that goes into releasing a record and then the work after the record comes out and then there's the uh marketing of the record and the driving the setup the playing of the show which is that tiny little you know 90 minute two hour thing and then the teardown and then the driving and then all the other stuff. And then, so, you know, and, and we still ship our own records. So it's, there's all of that stuff. And uh, so I think that's, you know, I know people think there's more to it than just playing some songs, but I don't think people really think about how much of a life it is, you know? So. I, I would say that time on stage would people would, that would be an underrated thing for them because I don't think you can fully, comprehend that feeling unless you've been there you can look up and you can have the uh, shared experience from the other side of the stage but um boy that that's just an amazing thing that not not everyone gets to feel and or or will ever feel even on something that's similar or uh to that that could give you that same feeling it's it's really amazing Oh, yeah. I think it's one of the finest drugs in the world, that adrenaline rush that you get on stage. It's just something which I know can be so addictive. And me, personally, as an amateur musician, playing very small concerts with my glam rock band back in the day, I even recall that adrenaline rush. It's like, I just want more. Give me more of it because it's just so good, <laughs> you know? So, so I totally get that. Or well, I even think of like, um, you know, I sometimes uh, equate um, bands to sports teams where, you know, they, they have such a long season and then you have people complaining going, Oh, why was he singing so badly? And why this? And I'm like, dude, these guys do a million concerts. It's going to happen. They are human. You know, it's the, the same thing with the sports team. It's like, so-and-so fumbled. What's wrong with him? Like, dude, it's a long season. They can't play perfectly every single time. So, and I think I'm personally, I think that's kind of what people sometimes uh, don't get that you guys are human as well. You know, you are superheroes to a lot of us, but as musicians, but you know, you come of course with all the things that come with being human. And uh, for those who want to find out more about you guys, you know, gigs and new music and such, where can we send these folks to? 
send them straight to the gig. I'd like to see them in the front row, you know, but uh, <laughs> we, we also have a, a pretty robust social media presence and uh, Facebook, Instagram. We have a little YouTube channel that we sometimes get some fun stuff put up there. Um, and we have a Patreon, which we try to do some behind the scenes and some special stuff that we put on Patreon as well. So uh, everything can be found at the Nadas. So fantastic. Well, folks, you, you, you go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say thenatas.com for you old school website people. <laughs> <laughs> and I count myself among those people who still use websites. So there you go. So <laughs> so at the Nottas on TikTok for all you new, new school TikTok people. And we have just a few TikTok videos out there. We're trying really hard to create interesting things on there. And our, our like one of our videos, we were not trying to look like old men on TikTok. Like we're fumbling around clumsy, but that is exactly how it comes off there. And then, and then people are like, that's funny. Just leave it up there. And so now my kids are embarrassed. <laughs> well, Hey, I guess, you know, that's right. So TikTok is, is one of the places to be for the kids these days. And uh, so folks, you definitely know where to go for more Nada's goodness. And speaking of Nada's goodness, guys, we're going to be seeing you out here with another awesome song, which will be the title track for your latest album. Come along for the ride. Now, when it comes to this song, any stories behind this one? Yeah, you know, this is a pretty simple, just sort of like summer road trip vibe song. We've we spend a lot of time in a van these days. Uh, our days of our tour bus, our tour bus is retired, and now we're in a van. And as you know, I spent the last few years traveling around solo in my van as well. And so, just kind of a road trip vibe song. Um, I don't know if you know traveling around in uh, in America in a in a vehicle and kind of seeing what uh, all the different parts of the country is a pretty amazing thing that we get to do so uh hopefully we'll get to do over there sometime too but for now it's just about america awesome source well uh, folks we are going to be into this great song this will be the nadas and come along for the ride guys i want to once again thank you both so so much for your time i truly appreciated it and of course i want to wish you both continued success with your careers and all the very best for the remainder of 2023 Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Thanks for the airtime. Thanks for the spins. And thanks for a good conversation. Absolute pleasure talking with you. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you too. Well, my people, you heard it from the Nadas. Be sure to check them out if you have to do so. They are definitely worth your time. They have an awesome new album out there. Come along for the ride. Be sure to pick that up. In the meantime, enjoy the title track, which will, of course, be Come Along for the Ride. You are tuned into the Whiskey and Cigarettes show with your Italian DJ Nick. We'll be right back after this.
with you.